Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. And now, for your listening pleasure, it's the Brum Picture Show. Brought to you by Brum Radio. Hello and welcome to the Brum Picture Show on Brum Radio, a weekly film show covering local independent and world cinema brought to you by Birmingham-based community cinema collective Screen B14. Well, it's that time of year again where shadowy cabals of movie industry elites across the world arbitrarily select a handful of films from a seemingly endless sluice of content upon which to bestow accolades. That's right, it's award season in the movie world. We've recently had the BAFTAs, and coming up soon we have the Oscars, I'm reliably informed. So today we have a very special episode where we'll be talking all things awardsy. We'll be talking about the BAFTA winners, making our own predictions for the Oscars, and most prestigiously of all, giving out Brum Picture Show Awards, where we'll be bestowing our own trophies upon films and film professionals. Now, you can't see on the radio, but I am surrounded by solid gold trophies moulded from the faces of all the members of Screen B14. I didn't think we had the budget for that. You'd <laughs> be surprised. Let's say Ben, CEO, has been doing some creative accountancy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so who wouldn't want that on their mantelpiece? But first of all, it's time for introductions. My name is Paul Vernon, and joining me today, as always, is our very own award-winning and multi-talented polymath, Nadine O'Mahony. Thank you for that introduction, Paul. If there was an award for doing the most, I think I'd win it. I'm a writer and director. I'm the head programmer and social media marketing officer for Screen B14. And I present this show with you guys. Thank you, as always, for joining us again, Nadine. Now, regular listeners will remember there used to be a guy called Rory <laughs> who would turn up on this show. Who, Who's unf- that? I know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to cast your mind back a bit. But he would unfortunately consistently put his career and, and other life commitments ahead of this supremely popular show. Now, we did say he was dead to us. But in the, <laughs> in the generous spirit of the award season, when he begged us to come back, having failed in every other aspect of his life, we decided to give him a second chance. So, in our benevolence, we now welcome back Rory. Now, Rory, I know you must be feeling a little bit sheepish, but but don't worry. The important thing is you realise you made a mistake and you're back now. So, how's life, Rory? Firstly, thanks so much for that introduction, Paul. Uh, It's good to bring back the golden golden episodes to uh, Brum Radio, Mm -hmm. because I know... Well, I've had a few emails myself going, when are you back? We need you. It's falling apart. It's too informative. And that's, uh, that was just Paul's parents. That was just Paul's parents. <laughs> I'm not saying, message him yourself. We need the layman. Well, like I said, I, whilst maybe not as coveted of awards as my uh, filmmaker next to me here, what I lack in awards, I more than make up for in surface level reviews. <laughs> this podcast. I'm glad to bring that contribution back. Yeah, and your leathery, leathery radio voice. I hope you like leather. <laughs> I'm vegan. That's actually this quote from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, is it? Yeah, uh, Mr. Krabs goes, Welcome to the apocalypse. I hope you like leather. 
<laughs> well, that's our first impression out of the, out of the door today. Yeah. Who would have thought it would be a SpongeBob thing? I, I must say, I haven't seen that. It's one of my favourite quotes from any film. Oh, <laughs> honest, so bless. But but yeah, good yeah. to be back. Good yeah, to be yeah back. it's lovely to have you back. So, how is the film going and everything? Are you, are you still fundraising? Do you need another plug? Well, f- well firstly, thank you for anyone who uh, donated from that plug I did on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it did make a a big difference I think the massive bomb (laughs) when looking at most of it was friends and family right okay well um, same as our listenership then I suppose yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) thank uh, you yeah um, but no we've, we've got we've got the money now we are just hoping it doesn't rain Right, yeah, yeah, it's not really something you can control, it's is it? It's not, I've, uh, yeah. If you would write a film that happens outside, yeah. right, couldn't you just write it in a, in a room? In England. It's about sort of looking up at the stars, mm. and the roof would be a major issue, I think, for that. It could be set in a conservatory? I'd go for stuck toilets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Why didn't we think of that? I think that's um, you know a good uh, backup plan, perhaps. Yeah, Potentially, yeah. if you if uh, that's a good point. Uh, if any viewers, uh, viewers, if any listeners mm. uh, have a potential conservatory they could borrow on a Sunday the third, please drop us an email because that would be a good plan B. At pictureshow at brumradio dot com. You'd love to have a worry round. Shooting in your conservatory. Yeah, I mean, good. Why not? It's only a crew. It will be a crew of about 20 people. That's fine. That's fine. Very good. Well, we should probably move on. But yeah, it's lovely to have you back, Rory. So, as I mentioned, today we are going to be discussing all things awardsy. So, usually we do a news section at this point, And I suppose the big news today is that the BAFTAs have, yeah. have happened. So, that's uh, of interest to film fans, I believe. So, yeah. I suppose... Big winners at the BAFTAs really was was Oppenheimer in many yeah. ways. Yeah, it was Oppenheimer and then poor things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, generally, what do we think about these wins and what do we think this means for the Oscars? Well, I think the awards wins were, were quite predictable. Mm. For BAFTA, I think it's British, so, of course, they're going to be backing up their boy, Chris Nolan, and without Lily Gladstone in the Best Actress race, I think it's not a surprise that Emma Stone won. Mm. I would have loved Vivian Opera, who starred in Rye Lane, to have got an, a nod. Mm-hmm. I read the other day, actually, that no black woman has ever won Best Leading Actress in the BAFTAs, which is pretty ridiculous in the amount of years it's been going. So that would have been a nice step forward, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. But I think the biggest news item to come out of BAFTA Mm. was that the security had to remove a prankster who gatecrashed the Oppenheimer Best Film speech. And they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to give him the oxygen of publicity because apparently he does this a lot. But it was really weird because I saw the wins and I thought, that guy, I don't recognise him as part of the Oppenheimer team mm. or the Oppenhomies, as <laughs> Killian <laughs> Murphy has dubbed them. But I thought maybe, maybe, is he a producer? He looked a bit young to be a producer. He had a wire sticking out his pocket. I thought, is that some kind of, is he security? Is that like, you mm-hmm. know... A wire that's that goes to his ear or something? No, he was just a random guy yeah. who got out of his seat at the right time, walked on stage, and and was just blanked by, by yeah. the Oppenheimer team. A uh, little concerning after what happened to Chris Rock at the Oscars. I don't think uh, yeah. these award ceremonies have learnt the lessons. He was removed afterwards mm. by security, but you know he could. 
what if it had punched Killian Murphy's beautiful face? <laughs> Indeed. It is funny how little attention they seem to pay to him. Like, I don't know whether he was making some kind of comment about no, how I think you can he do just, anything with enough yeah. confidence. Or, was he a supporter of the film? I think he was just, I mean, he's just one he's of just these. He's just a YouTube or TikTok He might have got confused at Oppenheimer yeah. and then he went, oh, yeah. I like Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> and walked on oh, I love stage. that. Because yeah. it was, they managed to get it because conveniently at the beginning, like, Chris, was it Christopher Nolan was like, hey, get everyone up here. Or somebody was like, get producer. everyone up here. And yeah. then he took that quite literally. He was like, yeah, everyone. I'm a, I'm a one. <laughs> but as far as pranks go, I'd say it was pretty, I mean. Pretty bold. Pretty, pretty bold, but also yeah. not really very pranky, wasn't it? Yeah. Just standing there. Just hanging out. You know? But I guess we're lucky just, it wasn't just stop oil or something. And, you know, yeah. getting loads of orange powder everywhere. Is that too political? For, well, maybe, maybe it would have been better if you'd had a cause or something. If yeah, you'd had yeah. some kind of political stance at least it would have been worth something he's obviously he obviously knows how to get into award ceremonies yeah, yeah. he's done it before well there is a thing is just like yeah if you do anything with enough confidence then you can get in anyway those like maybe had a high vis on many exactly <laughs> high vis will get you anywhere that's how i got on this show <laughs> that's true <laughs> just waltzed in i was like all oh, right well he clearly knows what he's doing he's clearly a figure of some authority yeah yeah dave told me to come through that's right. come back he says right. you wanted a delivery and just got to bring it in did anything you watched a little bit didn't you of on the youtube rory yeah yeah, yeah i saw um killian murphy's speech that was good that was nice. nice it was all fairly tame to be honest yeah. i, I yeah, mean even the what... prankster was tame <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know. didn't even slap anybody i know disgraceful yeah. david tennant i thought like i said again a very sort of like in in the age of roasting mm. roasting celebrities uh it was all fairly I, they were all obviously you got some writers in to write some fairly tame mm. jokes you know are you looking yeah. for that gig <laughs> uh, yeah well this is why i do the show <laughs> and you, you like will see that. that you will see this later with my uh dog puns <laughs> <laughs> well yes that that brings us nicely to uh our next section of news i suppose because well the baftas was interesting in that for for some reason it started off with a bit about David Tennant, the presenter, dog-sitting for Michael Sheen yeah. and bringing along his dog, Bark Ruffalo. Ruff. So, <laughs> Bark Ruffalo. <laughs> they missed the chick there. I'm really surprised you did that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something you would do, but yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> None of us were expecting that. But yeah, I don't really know how that came about or what the relevance was. Because, I mean, it has been a good award season for dogs because yeah. lest us not forget that at the Oscar luncheon, Messi, the palm dog winning Border Collie who played Snoop in Anatomy of the Fall, was Snoop. flown over for the Oscars luncheon. Mm. And that's nice, isn't it? So do you, th do you think he flew first class? Surely they didn't put him in the yeah, hole. Star like, like that, of course. Yeah, I'm just, I'd hate to see, think of him like in the in a cage. <laughs> I think they divide it between uh, very good boys go first class <laughs> and the rest are not. Well, Messi is a trained thespian. I mean, Messi trained for two months for his star making scene mm -hmm. in Anatomy of a Fall. So you know, this is not your average border collie. Genuinely impressive performance. If you've seen Anatomy of a Fall out there, you'll, you'll know the moment I'm talking talking about but there is a moment in the film where you're just like how did they make that dog do that like, it's two it's a, months of solid training <laughs> solid training it is genuinely impressive so yeah i i think messi deserves all the accolades and i'm, I'm glad he was at the oscars luncheon so you think the baftas were trying to 
you know. Well, yeah, but they trying to, they couldn't afford the love Messi. We need our own dog. Yeah, they couldn't afford Messi, so they decided to get Bark Ruffalo in. Uh, <laughs> Bark um, Ruffalo. <laughs> But I just, I just wanted to give a little bit of, a little bit of history. Did you know? Well, this isn't true, but, um, <laughs> but, but it would be nice if it was true. No, apparently there was a time where it was reported as fact that a dog nearly won the first ever Best Actor Oscar. Did you know what? this? So in the twenties, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet was a French-born German Shepherd by the name of Rin Tin Tin. Did you know that? And he'd broke into show business, had even started to get star billing in his own movies, including 1923's Where the North Begins and 1924's The Lighthouse by the Sea. And he starred in 27 films across his lifetime. And apparently... As the Academy was staging the first ever Academy Awards, the inaugural winner for Best Actor was German performer Emil Jannings. However, a rumour started to circulate that Jannings wasn't the true winner, and instead it was claimed that the Academy members had actually voted Rin Tin Tin <laughs> as the Best Actor of the Year, but the Academy itself staged a revote when it decided that the Oscars oh, would not be taken justice. seriously if a dog won the first award. <laughs> and I think that is a great shame. Well, I, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> because the, my issue with canine actors mm. is that all they can do is dogs. <laughs> Mind you, I'd say most humans can only really do humans. I beg to say. Like, have you seen that Andy Serkis? <laughs> well, oh, I take that point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But now for the highlight of the show. <laughs> Obviously... With Bark Ruffalo, this got me thinking of other dog-related celebrity pun names. And I'll be honest, see, we'll be getting on to the Best Picture announcements. Yeah, if we for, can fit it in. Yeah, yeah if we can fit more... it in. There's a few Best Picture nominations for the Oscars that I didn't watch. And I was going to watch them this afternoon, but then instead I wound up thinking of dog names. Um, <laughs> so I hope that's all right. So Priorities. I think my first one that I came up with, I don't think I'd actually beat. So, you ready? Yes, go. Spaniel Day Lewis. Yeah. It's yeah. good. That's really it's good. Thanks. I hear he's very intense. <laughs> yeah. You, and he sent that to me, and then I immediately went, oh, God, that's, yeah. that's really good. That's the bar. That's the and bar. I actually haven't got anything better than that, to be honest. Uh, but. And, and nor have I. Go on, Rory. Waggly Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, okay, that's good. That's good, Rory. Is, is, you that's got good. any more? All right, look, we're going round table here. I've got uh, loads. Yeah, we'll keep going uh, until we run out. <laughs> I, well, I've literally got one, but I think oh, okay, cool. my one might be the one. All right, cool. Go on. Angela Bassett Hound. Oh. All right, yeah, that's pretty that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's good. That is good. Okay. Philip Seymour Wolfman. Yeah, that's good. Mm, I like that. That's all right. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> this is Prime Lit, Radio. Yeah. Lit Cage. Oh. oh. No, it's not good. <laughs> it just sounds wrong, doesn't it? It does, because now, now all I, I can do is, is think about Nick Cage licking his own nether yeah. regions. I'm sure he has. <laughs> I bet he has. He's I, I bet he's tried, at he least. tried, yeah. That, yeah. Have. And that won't be making the live show. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got Emma Bone. No, that's good. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's good. That's all right. I like that. Dogs like bones. Yeah. Brad Pitbull. Oh, mm, clever. Yeah. 
I tried to think of something for Brad Pitt and I was like, no, there isn't oh, anything. There you go. There you go. Not got many more. Rory, you got any more? Well, this one's more general Oscars. Okay. So a pause things. Oh. Uh, yeah, that one. Right. Um, Corgi Mulligan. <laughs> Yeah, that's I was right. trying to think of one for her as well, and I couldn't. And you're you really like this, okay? Margot Doggy. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Wow. Not doing any more? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get any more dugs, but I did. I went. I start, I went a bit off piece, mm. and uh, I thought David Ten Ants. Oh, yeah. that is off piece, but I like but that. I like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that would be funny. Okay, that's good. So maybe next year, if you host again, they could get 10 ants. Yeah, in. instead of David yeah, Tennant. Yeah, David <laughs> 10 ants. They'd be a lot more organised, wouldn't they? Yes. They would. I think it'd be an improvement. <laughs> oh, God. Well, this has been the peak of film journalism, I must say. <laughs> so if you listeners can think of any more dog-related puns, then please do not hesitate to email in at pictureshow at brumradio.com. I know that Skip, our regular listener slash stalker, will have a few as he loves both dogs and puns. I mean, there must be loads. I'm hoping the inbox will be will be flooded. You are listening to the Brum Picture Show on Brum Radio, and we are talking about all things awardsy because the Oscars are coming up. So, well, what do we think about the Oscars? Do we? Do we like them? Do we respect them? Do we think they mean anything? I think one of the most memorable Oscars for me was, of course, uh, when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock in the face. Mm. And I stayed up until about four in the morning watching that. And it was really, because I was on my own Mm -hmm. and everyone else was obviously asleep, because that's the sensible thing to do at that time Mm. of night and day. Mm. And... I didn't have anyone, like, I, it was like a really shocking thing that happened live on TV and I wanted to, like, I ended up just tweeting it or something because I just, like, I just need to share. <laughs> I had to someone. go online, yeah. And it was one of those things where it, you, at first you did think it was a skit because mm. Chris was smiling, but then when Will Smith sat down and started swearing at him, you're like, oh, I don't think this is uh, a joke anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so that was really... Just really shocking. And then the, the year after was a big year for Everything Everywhere all at once. And, and not as exciting, unfortunately. Mm. But yeah, I think I'd, I'd be interested to see where they go with this one. I hope. I have a feeling there'll be a couple of surprises. I think the BAFTAs were very conservative. I think, to be fair, the Oscars may stick very close to that. Mm. But I'm hoping there'll be a few curveballs in there. Who knows who'll run up on stage next and what they'll do. Mm, who's, yeah, yeah. Mo- who's most likely to get slapped? Who is most likely <laughs> to get slapped? Well, Jimmy uh, Kimmel's presenting. Oh, Jimmy oh. Kimmel then, definitely. Yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> do you tend to watch the Oscars, Rory, or you just let it happen? It, I, not, no, not really. I, I yeah. do always watch the highlights on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, likewise. And like I yeah. say, if there's any sort of physical assaults, I, I will yeah, yeah. tune into that. That's not good. enough, not enough not physical enough, assault. Yeah. Not enough, need to spice it up. Need a big, yes. big, big cage fight or something. Yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. And Nick Cage Nick fight. Cage and Lick Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Nick <laughs> <laughs> Cage, yeah. He's just correct. He's correct title. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I try and watch the big moments, you know, you know, like when everything, everywhere, all at once, I watch the speeches and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was good. It was nice when, um, what's his name? Kihoi. Kwan, Kwan, when he hugged yeah. Harrison Ford. That was cute. That was cute, wasn't it? Yeah. If anyone slapped him, there would be a... Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no one outcry. would dare. Oh. I don't think Harrison Ford would fly one of his helicopters into your face. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I've never stayed up to watch the Oscars ceremony either, but, uh, you know, well, you the highlights are always fun. I do want to, I mean, it does, it kind of seems a bit arbitrary sometimes, and I don't, uh, sometimes yeah. I find the Academy to be a little bit performative in a way, and they're just kind of, they seem to choose things that people, they want to be seen to be choosing these things, um, you know, because obviously they've had a bit of a, a reputation over the years of, of just a, a bunch of old white men just... Well, they have diversified. Doing, yeah, they've been trying to. But we don't know who they are. We don't know who the voters are. It's a big mystery. But I think they've done a better job than BAFTAs, I have to say. I don't know if BAFTAs can get around the year where Margot Robbie was nominated twice for Best Actor because there weren't any good black actresses, apparently, according to the BAFTA voters that year or or people of any other colours. That was a bit ridiculous. I I think you make a good point though. Is what are the Oscars for? Because mm. it, it's not. It's certainly obviously, obviously not a popularity vote. Because mm. then you know a Marvel film would win the Oscars. Yeah. But then I think sometimes they get criticised for being so far away from you know audi- the audience, the average audience in the cinema. Mm. You know, like Nomadland and all of these things, sort of things, which right, sure, which yeah. didn't have which didn't have a big sort of release. I don't think. Which, no. So yeah, or, or, but you know, I think it's finding that balance, isn't it? Really. Mm. You know. Th- I found that the films that have come out this year have been really, really strong. Mm-hmm. The ones I've watched, definitely. You know, even I'm not the biggest fan of Oppenheimer, but it's still a great film. Yeah, it would be surprising if it wasn't in the in in the running, wouldn't it? But yeah, there's certainly been a strong selection of films this year. But one thing I will say is. Do we think the Best Picture category has too many nominations these days? Because it always used to be about five. And now, mm. how many is it? Nine? Ten? Ten. That is unusual, I think, because there's certain films in here that, whilst good, they don't really scream Oscars to me. Um, Well, this is the problem. What is the Oscars now? Because mm. I think there was a lot of debate. People wanted... I think this came about. People wanted um, Black Panther in the Best Picture race. Mm. And it isn't... Superhero films are not traditionally... Oscary films, mm. um, big budget films tend not to be necessarily. I mean, it's more mid budget and and sort of independent sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it was a way to sort of appear as if they were diversifying. But then, if those extra films that get included in the best picture race don't win, then isn't that just lip yeah, service? Exactly, because it feels like okay. So first on the list here is American fiction. And I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was very good, but I was baffled that it was a, an Oscar best picture contender. I find it unusual that that pipped a lot of other films that are equally good, if not much better. That's what I mean about them being kind of arbitrary in a way. It's just like, why this over all these other great mm. films that have come out this year that could have been in contention? Like I don't know. There's a nice range, though, I mm. think, for yeah. best picture. I mean, because well, you, you've got like... Barbie, which is you know, which is obviously a sort of very popular film. Yeah, yeah. I which, think that's which deserves know, to be in there. I think. I, yeah, do, I, 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 I disagree. Actually, I don't yeah, think yeah. it's an Oscar film. No, we've we've discussed this I at length uh, previously. If you in win the... the box office, you don't need to win an Oscar. And Barbie, I think Barbie's done a great job in being the first woman-directed film to make over a billion. It was obviously a cultural phenomenon, and I know Oppenheimer made over a billion as well and Oppenheimer's on the list but I think the Oscars should be there to highlight smaller films that people wouldn't have gone to see that's my personal Mm. well crafted Mm. films I know Barbie was well crafted I'm sure Oppenheimer was well crafted as well but I would like to see more films like 
you know, Anatomy of a Fall or mid-range films. Films aren't the biggest films out there, but deserved attention. So were there any films that you felt like, you know, didn't make the list? I would have loved to have seen A Thousand and One on the list. I thought you might say that, yeah. um, Yeah, it was a small film. Even or or maybe not even in best. I would have liked seeing it in best picture, but I would have liked some nods to it, and it didn't make the cut at all. Mm. I think there was a fantastic performance. I think it had a lot to say. It was a really bold debut by a young black filmmaker, young a woman. I don't think it got the love it deserved. It didn't have the marketing behind it that something like Maestro has, which. I can't escape on social media the the ads of Bradley Cooper talking about the makeup and this and that. It's like, for goodness sake, Brad, you know, you're not going to win. <laughs> Stop being so aggressively sincere. Poor um, Brad. But yeah, I would have, that's that's a film I would have liked Wag. getting Wag. some attention. <laughs> um, that's what I thought I'd say. And it, and, it, and it wasn't in the race and I think that was sad because I think that that's the kind of film that deserves an Oscar bump. Hmm. But there, I guess there are, you know, certain smaller things like um, the holdovers. Definitely, that's quite a small. That's definitely a mid-budget film, which I, I enjoyed very much. I thought it was a really lovely, lovely film, and we've been playing. But is that an Oscar best picture film? Exactly. It's an, yeah. It's... I, I guess it's what is what is an Oscar film. Yeah. I have to say, I'm happy to see. I know it is is not exactly a small budget film, but I'm happy to see Killers of the Flower Moon on there because mm-hmm. I think. That is a film that is really saying something. I think it's a shame that something like Oppenheimer, which is an interesting film, and I understand why it's been nominated, but I think, you know, might squeeze out something like like Killers of the Flower Moon. And like I said, Oppenheimer made over a billion at the box office. Does it need the extra love? Mm. We've also got Past Lives on there, so I guess that's kind of a smaller film. I mean, it, yeah, I mean that is the kind well. of. Film. I, I just see the the Oscars as it should be the best. Mm. If you like, just the best film should win the best picture category. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then, if sense, it's yeah. the best film, shouldn't that be? Because I know they're, they're starting to reach out more, but it's it's obviously very American focused. Yeah. Apart from Parasite, was I think the first foreign language film to ever win best picture, mm. and that deserved it. It was best picture. So if you're saying it's about the best film, they should reach out. There yeah. needs to be more, Agreed, yeah. for, even more variety. I mean, well, that's... well, we've got Zone of Interest, yeah, which is another non-English language film, but it's made by an English person. So you yeah. know, is it an is it an international film? That's the thing. I think this is getting quite muddled, really, because again, like yeah. So similarly with the Baftas, the Zone of Interest is nominated in both Best Picture and Best. What, what, what do the Oscars call it? Film. Inter- international film. International It just doesn't really make much sense. Maybe we should just have the best picture. It should encompass all the best world's cinema. Film, but then, yeah. of course, it's always going to... The Oscars is always going to have a Western bias. And therefore, mm. if you got rid of the international film category, then you wouldn't get as many international films getting awards attention. So it's, it's well, a bit I of a tricky thing. Well, I think it's the same reasoning for having separate best actor and best actress categories isn't it because mm, they, exactly. they'd say and i don't know i don't know what the solution is whether to just just say best actor or, or, or separate yeah, the performances but then but, women would never win that's the problem well that's oh, what people mm. say but then we've had women <laughs> that came out a lot more <laughs> because <laughs> like, they can't they act. can't act but maybe <laughs> maybe it would 
incentivize. I mean, look at in the last few years. Incentivize them to act better. <laughs> no, to give women better parts because right, in the last right. few, there's no best female director, is there? And best no. male director. Yeah. Maybe they should rephrase best picture to you know, best Western film. Or you know, best Western. Yeah, oh, no, that doesn't work. Does it? <laughs> uh, or best, I don't know. Well, well, best how American would... film. They could do a best American film category yeah. and a best international film category. Yeah, something like that. Because yeah, I think yeah. best picture kind of you you assume that oh that's the best. Yeah, that is yeah. the best, best film. But then that, but the of, international films. There. Of course, the problem I guess these days is that that's it's difficult to say that this is an American film because obviously yeah. films get their funding from so many different places nowadays. So like what you'd see as an American film has also got financing from Canada and all these other places. And so I guess it does get muddied in that sense. But yeah, maybe that is some kind of solution. I don't, I, I don't well, know. how many we've got in the, the, the Oscar race, we've got Anatomy of a Fall, mm-hmm. we've got Zone of Interest. None, neither of those are American films. Mm. Uh, poor Things, Emma Stone's in it and she was a producer, but Yorgos Lanthimos is Greek and it's set in the UK. Yeah, so yeah. Same. I don't know uh, how you'd categorise that one. No. Um, but yes, listeners, if you've got a solution... Because mm-hmm. uh, we haven't helped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've just e- added to the problems. Email us at pictureshow at brumradio.com. But I do think... Um, I don't know if this is going to be controversial, but I do think a lot of categories tend to be almost like runner-up prizes. I think um, I think Best Supporting Actor is often the category where people of colour will win because it's very rare. that I think, I think what, the last woman to win Best Actress at the Oscars was 20 years ago or something, the yeah. last black woman or woman of colour. Yeah, I just feel like it... It feels like the awards are unofficially segregated and I think it's the same with the BAFTAs and I think the Rising Star Award, there's often a lot more people of colour in those nominations Mm. and I feel that feels like a kind of concession Mm. because, you know... Margot Robbie and Scarlett Johansson are taking up all the awards in the in the main actress category. Mm-hmm. So I do think, yeah, I don't know what the solution is. I guess it's diversify, diversifying the the voters. Could get. could the problem also be um, just that there's people of color aren't in the positions in which Margot Robbie are in? But it but it becomes a catch twenty two then, doesn't it? Because if you don't give people that attention, look at um women directors a few years ago just a couple of years ago they were saying oh there isn't enough of them we're not getting the the film festivals and the distributors you know it's not it's a supply issue they were trying to say and now in the space of a few years we've had you know uh, some fantastic female directors and 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 winners Nomadland won and uh, this year People were shocked at, you know, only one woman director being nominated. Whereas a couple of years ago, it was a shock that, that a woman had even made a film, <laughs> let alone <laughs> been nominated. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, a couple of uh, films in the Best Picture category that have been nominated by women. And I think that progress <clears throat> has been made in a very short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's an excuse to say that there aren't good enough roles for women or people of colour to, to get awards. I think... You know, if you... It's not um, the good enough roles. I think what I was trying to say is is the roles are good enough. It's just that, is it an issue that people of colour aren't being selected for them? So, like, let's say Barbie. Well, maybe mm. Barbie's a difficult example because it's based on... The do- mm. But, you know, um, like those sort of roles in which are, are Oscar-leading roles. Yeah. 
it's the roles that are the issue. It's not the quality of the roles. It's the the quality of the roles well, are there. Well, Margot Robbie didn't selected. get an Oscar nom for for Barbie, and I don't think she deserved it personally. But Oof. but shots fired. But. Well, she's had two. She had enough BAFTA nominations. She'll be all right. She's I'll all g- right. I'll, I'll give you. But that. here's here's the thing: Emma Stone, nominated for Best Actress, Poor Things, producer of Poor Things, Margot Robbie, producer of Barbie. Maybe if people are put in the position of power like that, if you know somebody like, you know, well, I won't even name names, but you know, any of the the amazing sort of black actors or, or people of color, or or even you know, going beyond that, going even more diverse, people with disabilities, people of people that we haven't seen on screen. There's, interestingly, on the festival circuit at the moment, Sebastian Stan's been talking about facial dis- disfigurement because of a film he starred in, and there's an actor in that who was in Under the Skin. And we haven't seen, right. and he was talking about, we just haven't seen this enough and we have we don't know how to have these conversations. And I think if people were empowered to the point where they could be producers and be in positions of power, you know, heads of studios and things like that, it'd be a different landscape. But I think, unfortunately, it's still very, you know, very monodiverse at the top. Mm. Well, yes. Very serious points indeed. Let's um, get back shall to we, some shall dugs. We, yeah, should we lighten the mood by talking about the zone of interest? Because um, Ooh, there's yes, been of basically most of the films on the best picture list uh, we have discussed at length on the show before. So do go back and listen to our previous episodes. Download them a hundred times. Mm. Um, you can get them on Mixcloud for the radio version and then wherever you get your podcast for the podcast version. But yeah, we, I think we've all seen the zone of interest. Yeah. Right. So, what do we think of that? Do we think it it should be in this best picture race, or what? Come on, Rory. Y- yes. Go. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Thanks, no. Rory. Yeah. Nadine. No. <laughs> no. 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 Rory, carry on. <laughs> what What were your thoughts? Because you said you you really liked it. Yeah, didn't I loved you? it. Mm. Not in loved it, as in that yeah. was a, a, a lovely. Yeah. Experience. It's a hard <laughs> film to talk about because yeah. it's yeah. not entertain. It's not entertainment. But it was. I mean, you kind of came away from it very felt very cold and i felt very sort of like you know i was what you almost felt i've almost felt guilty at how sort of unemotional i felt from mm. the film and you were kind of well that is the reason he, he was he he put you in that position because that's how they felt they mm-hmm. felt and i thought that was just such a you know on, on reflection such a powerful well, use of film really because mm. I've done I, I, at university I, I, I studied the Holocaust and, and also film of you know f- uh, how you film the Holocaust oh, how you depict an it expert, yeah and you know there's lots of sort of you know interesting films that I've tried to you got you know Schindler's List you mm-hmm. know Spielberg which got criticised I think for sort of drama for, for Hollywoodizing it that's not mm. a word uh, Son of Saul that was sort of yeah a film. No, I never got around to watching it's that a one, really mm. that's a really hard hitting film that got you very very close um, to the action I think the, the I think the big thing about the film is how you depict it in sort of a respectful way. Some people say you should never, you know, you should never go into the chambers themselves. That's mm. sort of a line in which you shouldn't cross. That's, you know, that's a big sort of debate within within that sort of, when how you depict it. Um, so what I, I thought was only of interest was it was a really interesting way of depicting the Holocaust in, in that it, it didn't, it was, in, it was respectful in that it, it, it was outside of the camps itself. Mm. And but yet you felt the horror. You felt how sort of 
just how terrible it was even through the sound design um just you know that juxtaposition mm-hmm. i just thought yeah i just thought it was incredible yeah i loved it mm-hmm. did you enjoy it though no yeah that's well <laughs> are you allowed to enjoy a film about the holocaust uh, yeah well th- i would say i enjoy cinder's list because i think well, that is, is a that solid the you know problem i think my biggest issue with the film is the way it was shot in this kind of big brother style with all it was almost like a, a muck a muck fly in the wall documentary yeah i think from reading about it he just had multiple cameras in different rooms all sort of static and then the the actors would just almost perform like a theater piece kind of thing and yeah in and out of rooms and stuff i guess I, like you said to try and I guess keep that sort of distance, that objectivity. It was very, very art house. Like, and I love my art house, but I guess I, I like my art house to be a bit more um, quirky. But I guess that would have been wholly inappropriate for a film with this subject matter. But it was well, just it one of those, those films. moments. That it had those very weird moments of like with the score abruptly interrupting the action and, yeah, and yeah. the sort of negative cinematography. Mm. It was just one of those films that I, yeah. Because I, I just I did find it quite a quite a slog and quite difficult, but I guess that that's the whole point, I suppose. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have found it enjoyable, but equally, I just felt like it was so very light on narrative in a way. But I mean, it it did. Felt, I think Nadine was saying the other day, it felt more like a kind of art, art installation kind of I, thing. Yeah. Like, I had that yeah. same thing as well. I felt like if I'd seen it in an yeah. art gallery, yeah. I might but, have loved it. But mm-hmm. you, I felt like you would you would go into the film, you would get, kind of get get into the film. Like, let's say there's the 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 paddling pool scene mm. and you would go in and you'd be like this is just sort of you know a normal like a va- this is like a vacation type thing and then suddenly you 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 you're brought back and you're like hang on a second this is right next to mm. the worst thing that's ever existed yeah um and i think for me i had that but i had to try and in my head keep contextualizing you know the like you said those sort of normal family moments mm. i think it's interesting that the Director Jonathan Glazer, I don't think he was, I think he was more interested in the psychology of people compartmentalising mm. atrocity than the Holocaust itself. I don't think it's the best film depiction of the Holocaust because um, I don't think he was interested in the Holocaust as a subject on its own. I think because he, he said, you know, this could be any atrocity. It just happens to be this one. And, and it was about people looking away but I think some criticisms of the film have said that you know the holocaust didn't happen just because people got on with their lives and and sort of ignored something you know the Jewish people at that time were were systematically dehumanized in a way that you know obviously isn't dealt with or touched upon in the film at all it wasn't just oh that's interesting see I I see that as the depiction is the dehumanization really I Mm. there's there's a death factory in there and yet we're we're, we're in the paddling pool mm. that for me was yeah. the de- yeah i found that as the dehumanizing and it's interesting that people have said that yeah i think it's a film that starts a lot of discussion and i think it's a shame just looking at letterbox it, there's a there is a divide people are either rating it five stars which is you know quite the most popular i think people really love the film but then there are a few people who have come in much lower but then the discourse is like you're a holocaust denier or something right, and it's yeah. like no i disagree with with some of the elements of this film or, or the way this this was depicted i don't disagree with the subject matter or, or whatever so i think it's a shame 
that 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 it's causing that kind of sharp sort of you know you're either on board with this or you or you're not and i think yeah. but i think it does it probably speaks a lot to our times in in that you know terrible things happen happen all over the world right now and we we're doing a radio show and we're not discussing them we're talking about films and things so i think it's a worthwhile subject matter definitely of course but i just the way it was told didn't resonate with me mm. personally it's definitely one of those films that makes you realize kind of how meaningless rating systems are in mm. general because it's it's really difficult to because I keep my you know my little list on my notes of of you know my star ratings for the films I watched and when it came to this one I was just like I don't know what to give this mm. because I never want to watch it again in my life <laughs> I didn't enjoy it I didn't like it but it is obviously a very good film. So, two art house for the Oscars. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you think? Yeah, it's inter- Do you think it's an interesting best picture nomination? Because it is probably. I can't think of anything that art housey that has uh, has been in the running for a long time. Like, can you? Can you, Rory? No. Uh. Sorry, I wish I could. I think, um, <laughs> no, no, but yeah, it's it's an odd one. You know, I think maybe having having said all of that. I said it should be smaller films that, you know, I think the average person, if this film didn't have awards buzz mm. and, and critics giving it five-star reviews, would the average person look at Zone of Interest and go, oh, yes, I'd like to go and see that at my multiplex? Mm. Maybe not. And and maybe this is the kind of film, that the exact kind of film that should be up for Best Picture nomination, you know, something challenging, something different, something smaller, um, you know, something international. Mm. Uh, in another language, you know, mm-hmm. we were saying it's it's certainly not your Hollywood. You know, it, it's it it isn't you know Spielberg's um, Schindler's List at all. It, you could say it was the anti Schindler's list, list if you like, but mm. um, yeah, maybe maybe we just need more of those kinds of films. It, maybe it sticks out next to Barbie and you know the holdovers. So yeah, a bold choice, I suppose. Um, that was that was a cheery discussion, everyone. But we should probably move on. Let's have a run through of the best picture noms and then we're going to go what we think will win and then what we would like to win and what gets our Brum Picture Show award. So just quickly running through the nominations are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things and The Zone of Interest. So, Rory, first of all, what do you think will win and what would you like to win? What gets your Brand Picture Show award? So, I think Oppenheimer will win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So and I would like to win, for the Brand Picture Show award, the most important and coveted award, yeah, Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon. Oh, fine choice. Nadine? Well, we're in agreement because I think Oppenheimer will win. Mm-hmm. But I think Killers of the Flower Moon should win. Okay. Interesting. Well, I also think my Oppenheimer will win because <laughs> it surely will. I don't know. I'd love it if if something you know yeah. American fiction. Even if, if I haven't even seen American fiction, if, but if American fiction won, I think that'd be amazing. If American fiction wins, then just throw the whole the whole <laughs> thing out the window. Like it's a good film. It's a very good film. But oh, no, if zone that, of if, interest. If that maybe. wins over, I mean, zone of interest. I'll be amazed. Like you know, I'll be impressed. But what I would like to win is Poor Things, because mm. that's ju- just just by virtue of the fact that it was my favourite film of that selection. It's balmy and bonkers 
and brilliant. And a bit of you. And a bit of me. Paul Things. Paul Things. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so surprised if Paul Things wins. But I don't know. After, do. after that BAFTA's run. Emma Stone. Like, I, I expect it to pick up a lot of the other uh, other awards, but I, I'd be amazed if it wins Best Picture. But yeah, that gets my Brand Picture Show award. But I suppose this being a democratic hive mind, because we are a collective consciousness at the Brand Picture Show and... It's only together that we've actually seen all the nominations. The Brum Picture Show Award goes to... The Brummy. Killers of the Flower Moon. So congratulations, Martin Scorsese. Your film has won a prestigious award. Collect it in person. (laughs) Yeah, come and collect it in person. If you'd like to let us know whose face from Screen B14 you would like a a solid gold effigy of. I mean, no one knows what we look like, but just imagine what we might look like. Well, um... I have met Martin Scorsese. What? I have made, possibly made eye contact with Martin Scorsese. Right, okay. So (laughs) Madame Tussauds. (laughs) No, no. I went to to see his lecture uh, in London for the Irishman, the um, David Lean lecture. And I was metres away from the man. And I could see him behind the little curtain before he came out and he did a little gesture of like, shall I come out now with his hands? And his his eyes were very sparkly. That's what I remember. Oh, that's nice. So, yes, uh, I think he'd probably want to see my face again. Okay, so Marty, you can have a solid gold (laughs) effigy of Nadine's face. I bet he doesn't have one of those. I bet he doesn't. You are listening to the Brum Picture Show on Brum Radio, and we have been discussing all things Oscarsy and giving out our own awards to the films or people that we think should be winning this year. So we've just had Best Picture nominations, but now we're going to have a bit of a rattle through of the other categories. Mm. So, so we're not going to go into all of them. I mean, there's just too many, isn't there? There's there's an awful lot. First of all, Best Actor, we've got Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. I think Killian Murphy will win, mm-hmm. and I think Killian Murphy should win. Ooh, interesting. Not Wagley Cooper. No, definitely oh. not. He's not been a good boy. <laughs> I think he'll feel personally He's snubbed. No treats for you, Wagley. <laughs> I think Bradley Cooper will feel personally snubbed by the Oscars despite getting some noms and maybe one or two wins. He'll get some nom-a-nom-a-noms. You think he's just going to slap every member of the Academy? I think if he doesn't get Best Picture or Best Actor, I think he's going to be a nightmare. He's going to have a a little tantrum. Yes. Rory? The same. My pick is Killian Murphy and, and Killian Murphy will win the Oscars. Okay. The Oscar, not the Oscars. Oscars. He'll win yeah. all the Oscars. Yeah. That'll be the shock. Ooh. Best, best, <laughs> pi- best international picture. Yeah. Killian Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> best sound. He was holding best boom operator. <laughs> Very talented. I tune into that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I also think Killian Murphy will win, but I'm going to go rogue and I'm going to say Paul Giamatti. Give him an Oscar because he was really good. I mean, it's a very subtle performance in The Holdovers, but I thought it was very lovely and moving. So I'm just, yeah. Well, the Academy don't like subtle. They don't like subtle. but He did have a fake eye, though, didn't he? They like that. Yeah, they love that. Yeah. Yeah, they like it when you disfigure yourself slightly. But I suppose that means the democratic answer for the winner of the Bram Picture Show Award for Best Actor is Killian Murphy. Well done, Killian. Let us know when you want to pick up your trophy. Uh, so we've got Best Actress, Annette Benning for Nyad, 
Uh, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hula for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Well, it's been Sandra Hula's year this year, being in both Anatomy of a Fall and Zone of Interest. Mm -hmm. I don't think she'll win. Emma Stone could win. I think she's one of the strongest competitors in this category, but I really hope Lily Gladstone wins, and I'm going to do the same as I did with Killian and say Lily Gladstone will win and I want her to win. If she doesn't win, I'll be sad. Rory? Yep, same. Lily Gladstone. And, um, yeah, I think she will win it as well. And also, I have have written notes here. (laughs) Oh, go on. I am not just repeating (laughs) (laughs) what they do. I think you need to go first next and then we'll see if we've got the I can verify this. Oh, bless you if you're handwritten notes. (laughs) That's really cool. Uh, Oh, you're keeping them close to your chest there. I I don't want you to steal (laughs) (laughs) money. Well, I agree. Lily Gladstone will win. But personally, I'd give it to Sandra Huller. Mm. For Anatomy of a Fall, because I really loved that film and her performance is amazing in it. So that means that the Brum Picture Show Award goes to... Lily Gladstone. Well done, Lily. Best Supporting Actor, we've got Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Rory? Goz. The Gosling. (laughs) The Goster. Is that who you think will win? No, that's who who I want to win. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, I think who I think to win would be Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. Just, I feel like, you know, is it one of those things where... he might be owed one or something. Or yeah. yeah. They sometimes give it to that, don't they? Yeah. But no. Ryan Gosling is Kenuff for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fine choice, Rory. Nadine? Um, I'm going to go slightly different. I'm going to say Ryan Gosling will win. Really? And I'll be happy. I think he will. I think that'll be one of the curveballs. Wow. But I think Mark <laughs> should win. <laughs> he was absolutely amazing in Poor Things. He was so off the wall and just, I mean, talk about a post-MCU performance. Yeah. Sorry, Danny Jr. You yeah. know, take a seat. Yeah. Hulk is in the house. <laughs> he was having so much fun. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I, And we I, were too. Yeah, I completely agree. But yeah, I think Danny Jr. again will win it, but I would also give it to Mark Ruffalo. So... Sorry, Ryan Gosling. Mark Gruffalo, monster. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> the Brum Picture Show Democracy has spoken and the Brum Picture Show Award for Best Supporting Actor goes to you, Mark Ruffalo. Woo! I'm just Mark. <laughs> <laughs> ruff, ruff, ruff. So next, we've got Best Supporting Actress. We've got Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Davine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. What do we reckon? Davine is on a roll. I mm-hmm. think she will win. Yeah. And she's one of the few that I've actually seen. So I'll yeah. say, I, I say she deserves it as well. Yeah. Similarly, I haven't seen many of these. I saw Emily Blunt and I didn't think it was that great. So mm. I've gone for Davine Joy Randolph, even though I haven't Ooh. seen it as a protest. For <laughs> Can I have a writing? Because I feel like Rosamund Pike should have been in the mix. She was, Saltburn <clears throat> was not an Oscar level movie. I don't think in, in a lot of ways, but I think mm. Rosamund Pike gave an Oscar-worthy performance. Yeah, no, she was very good. And to be fair, Richard E. Grant was great, yeah. but he's a man. 
Yeah, so he's not in this category. Not, not eligible. Mm, it's a category. It's a shame. Um, Who are your choices, Paul? Well, again, I've not seen a lot of... Well, I said that. I've, I've just not seen The Colour Purple or Nyad. So who knows? I'm sure Jodie Foster did great in that. But I will also go for Devine Joy Randolph because I did actually think that she was really good in the holdovers. And I also think she will win and should win. So Brand Picture Show Award for Best Supporting Actress goes to... Devine, Devine Joy, Joy Randolph. Randolph. Well done, Devine. And uh, now for Best Director, Anatomy of a Fall, Justin Trier, Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos, and The Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazer. Glazer. I don't know with this one, to be honest. I think it's Christopher Nolan is the obvious choice, but I think... I think that'll win best, best Picture. Will it win Best Director? You know, BAFTAs are very British skewed. I think Martin deserves it, but he has won before. I think it would be great to have a woman win. Justin Triet, you know. We've got a lot of making up to do Oscars. Yorgos, I don't know if he will win. And who was the other one? Just Jonathan, Jonathan Glazer. This one I'm I'm least confident in, but I think I think it I think if Nolan won that'd be very boring to be honest. Mm. And he might win, but I would like anybody else to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel Apart like he from might. Bradley Cooper, but he's not nominated, is he? Oh yeah, I wonder how he felt about that. Oh snob. Biggest snob award goes mm. to Bradley Cooper. Oh Braddles. Well, so what's your answer then? I don't know is the answer. You don't know. I so don't the Brum know. Picture Show Award from Nadine anybody, goes anybody, to anybody but... but Christopher Nolan. All right, cool. I like that philosophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rory? Um, so this is, you're not going to like this, but my pick was uh, Jonathan Glazer for the Zone of Interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, he's anybody. He's not Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think it, Nolan's got to take it, isn't he? And also, yeah. there, I mean, again, it, it, he, he, does, he does deserve it from his... Previous he won fi- the box office. From his filmography, yeah. you know, he's, he's, you could, he's put out a few not, bangers. It's mm-hmm. not about what you did in the past, it's what you did that year, isn't it? Can't talk well, about... Well, you say that, but then... It's not cumulative. Ma- Marty wouldn't have won for the uh, for the Departed. Well, that's what that fellowships are for, isn't it, and all of that. Yeah. No, it's I it's, I, disagree, I agree. I, I don't think he should win for this. No, but, but he will. He will. Yeah. Very okay. well. Yeah, I kind of agree. Nolan will win, I think, but I wouldn't give it to him. Yeah, you hear that, Chris? But yeah, I guess. Well, I'm gonna go your Gus again because so I'm just a, a poor things fanboy. So it's a tie. That can happen. Yeah. We've got enough trophies to go around. <laughs> We're splitting that trophy down the middle. <laughs> there we go. Off. So what, what? So it's a tie between Jonathan Glazer. Yorgos and that's it that's the tie it's yeah. a two way tie there we go both of those are anybody but Christopher Nolan which was my choice yeah so basically anybody that isn't Christopher Nolan come into the studio yeah. and come get your Brand Picture Show yeah. award M- maybe the young man who uh, <laughs> jumped up on stage <laughs> yeah maybe during the uh, oh it'd be great to get him Bafta. on yeah, yeah. oh Could yeah be a great guest yeah, need to find out what his name is they wouldn't name him because they didn't want to give him the oxygen of publicity uh, but, but we we don't mind no yeah. we'll have him on we'll have anyone on yeah. you know uh but yeah so okay so that was the the main categories obviously there's loads of other categories um uh, we, we just we would be here we'd all be day. here all day wouldn't we um i do want to mention I, I really hope godzilla minus one wins 
for VFX because I, I thought that was really impressive because they only had like 35 people working on the VFX for that apparently and v- and Godzilla has been turning up to all the award ceremonies and stuff so um so that would just be I just want to see little Godzilla get up on stage and accept his Oscar you wouldn't you want uh, your alter ego Gareth Evans no. to win. <laughs> Gareth Edwards uh, Gareth Ed- <laughs> Edwards to win He'll never, he'll never not be confused with Gareth Evans. He's got the freedom of Nuneaton. The freedom of Will Nuneaton. Will he get an Oscar? Will he indeed? I don't think so, no. Ah. Oh. No, not sure. I think he might. He might. Let's see. Well, That's hopefully. my prediction. Yeah. Edward slash Evans. <laughs> you are listening to the Brum Picture Show on Brum Radio, and we have been discussing all things awardsy. So now... We've just got time for a few extra categories that we've made up. Rory, you had some. That, yeah, Rory, yeah. Start, Rory, start us off. I don't know if we're going to accept these on the show. Oh, let's see. Let's see. I'm so intrigued. This is the Desecration of the Dead Award. Ooh. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I wasn't expecting that to come out of your so mouth. Okay. The, so. the nom- there's two nominees. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, the first is uh, Barry Keoghan for Saltburn. Right, yes. <laughs> and then the, the, the second is the entire cast of Society of the Snow. Wow. <laughs> I think I'd give that to Barry Keoghan because we discussed that, you know, the Pope had given... A wave gave them gave them um, permission. Yeah, actually, he's... Society of the Snow. That is, um... they got the numbers there. I think. Yeah, yeah. That was a da- that was nominated for best international feature in the. Uh, they had a the good Oscars. reason, though. I don't but... know if Barry Keoghan had a good enough reason for his desecration. Well, that makes it the best desecration, then, doesn't it? Yeah, that was the most desecrating thing to do because yeah, <laughs> yeah, Society of the Snow Im- improv desecration. Yeah, they had to do. It. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he just wanted to see what the character would do. That's right. That's what he said. All right. Yeah, I like that one. Nice. I suppose another good one for that would be Poor Things, in a way. Mm. Because yeah. is that desecration, turning yeah. someone into a, a baby-brained woman? a baby brain out of a dead woman's body. Oh, you've not seen it. That yeah, yeah. Desec- that's another that's category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another nomination. Another nomination. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so there you go. It's a good category. What else? Best Worst Accent. And nominees... Everybody in poor things. <laughs> but especially. But the winner would be <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. I'm going to do it again. I thought I can't do it again. Yeah. That's overegging it. Mm. But yeah, yeah, Mark Gruffalo Monster would win that. <laughs> Mark Gruffalo <laughs> um, Monster. Very good. You got any thoughts on who would win? For I you? Back Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Most intrusive score, I think, was something oh, yes. you discussed. Most intrusive score has got to go to Oppenheimer for me. Well, of course, mm-hmm. that was before we saw Zone of Interest. That I mean, wa- that is very intrusive. Yes, but intrusive in a good way. Intrusive I think. in a in yeah. a way that an intentional way. Yeah, because it was like wake up yeah. every now and again. Yeah, I do love Mika Levy. Mm. But that, that was my favorite thing about the about the film was the score and the sound design. It was like, the favorite yeah, thing about the, Under the Skin as well, and mm. that was Jonathan Glazer and Mika Levy as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Properly well done. The end credits, very clever, um, mm. with all the screaming. Enjoyed that. Um, um, most aggressively sincere. Of course. Will be the only award Bradley Cooper wins. <laughs> and I hope he appreciates it. 
Mm-hmm. I think is Carrie Mulligan in the race. She's she's a contender, maybe. Maybe. But I, I'd like her to win. Do you mean nut Corgi Mulligan? <laughs> yeah, I'd like Corgi <laughs> Mulligan to win. And what was Bradley Cooper's dog name? Waggly Cooper. Waggly and a Waggly Cooper. Waggly Cooper. <laughs> to, to not win. I think that would be funny. So I guess following on from that category, related to that, is biggest Oscar bait. So you would give that to Maestro, Maestro, Maestro. obviously. Of course. Waggly, yeah. Yeah, waggly, waggly. Um, he's winning all the awards, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's Gosh, done, you he's see. Swept all, the board. It's all right, Bradley. And, You're doing all right. And he's going to win my biggest WTF moment, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the PIMP song, I mean, that was kind of intrusive. <laughs> 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 but I think that was kind of a WTF moment in mm-hmm. Anatomy of a Paul because you mm. weren't expecting that. But I think the giant inflatable Snoopy in Maestro was a very like, eh? 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 So yeah, I think that wins my biggest... I don't remember ever. that. Oh, right. I've, <laughs> not, I've not seen it's it. It's all so. I could remember. It was very... Wah. So it has but, been a good year for dogs, hasn't it? Yeah, wow. a great year Snoop for Bradley. And Snoopy. Great year mm. for Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Well uh, done, Bradley. On the Brom Picture Show today. Quickly going back to the Oscar bait thing, this was something that wasn't in the Oscars contention, but obviously really wanted to be so badly, and that was the Iron Claw. Mm. Um, you yes. saw the other day. She Have you saw. seen that? No, Rory? but I that look. I was like, that's Oscar bait. Yeah, it yeah. is, and I do kind of feel sorry because I feel Zac Efron in particular was definitely doing the best he could in that. Yeah, like he obviously bulked up a bit, and um, well, that's, you know, that's what he does. That mm. is what he does. Is he, He's known. For is the, he? The best he does is is. is Putting on muscle. <laughs> Best bulking up, Zach Efron. Yeah. There well done. Well done, Zach. Yeah, an interesting film because it's, I don't know, don't go in there thinking it's it's going to be a fun uh, wrestling film. Well, the first uh, yeah, act makes you, know. you think that's what it is. Yeah, and yeah. I got so bored of the fun wrestling that I went to the toilet and I came back and it was a completely different film. It's way more tragic a film than you expect. Yeah. The Von Eri family, a wrestling family that was... Before my time in wrestling, because I was a big fan of wrestling when I was a wee boy and well into WCW and WWF and all that. And there's even Ric Flair, who does appear in The Iron Claw, and I went to see him live with my dad at uh, NEC. I can't believe he was a real person. Yep. He's a real person. I thought that was such a ridiculous character. And then you told me that was a real person, and I was like, No, it was his idol. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes, he was always going, woo! Um, <laughs> woo! <laughs> that was great. But yeah, like the, the Iron Claw, I do feel sorry for it because it clearly is trying to be a very worthy film about a very tragic true story with everyone acting their little hearts out. I um, think it would do well. I think people, I think men will, will like it and mm. I think women might like it if they like a bit of um, bulking up mm-hmm. uh, or if they're wrestling fans. I think it will do well. I think it would do very well on video on demand. I think mm. it would do very well. It doesn't need an Oscar. I think it will find its audience. Yeah, it will do all right. No, it was an enjoyable film, but yeah, it's just, I think a lot of people were saying that A24 didn't really give it enough of a campaign compared to the other mm. films because they've got, well, Past Lives and um, uh, Zone of Interest are yeah. both distributed by A24. So I guess they kind of put all their uh, efforts into, into campaigning for those and kind of let Iron Claw slip by the wayside. But, as um, they did with Priscilla. As they did with Priscilla. Which should have had some uh, more nums, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've got another one. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to use this. Okay. <laughs> Best accessory. 
Oh, Napoleon's hat. Ah, Napoleon. Yes. Yeah, Ken's roller skates. Oh, Barry Keegan's penis. penis. <laughs> <laughs> that you think that was an accessory? Well, well, I think it helped his performance. There's what? a BBC presenter's got yes. in trouble, hasn't He's got he? Into big going trouble. around asking people. Well, he asked two people that I saw. He asked oh. Andrew Scott, who. Didn't want to have that conversation. No. And he asked Sophie Ellis Bexter. Oh, really? And she and she and she gave an answer, quite a diplomatic answer. But the internet was not impressed. Yeah, no, that was that was bad. Did you see that, Rory? No. No. So some inappropriate behaviour by a BBC presenter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe but going it? around yeah. asking people if they'd seen it and if it had been a prosthetic and yeah. questions yeah. of that nature. No, yeah. And Andrew Scott in particular just looks so uncomfortable because he's there. Well, he, he said, is. He's just, "Do you yeah. know him personally?" That and could stuff. be. A, oh, that yeah. could be a good, most sort of awkward. Bi- uh, bigger. Pro- Biggest prosthetic that has caused um, offence. Yes. And I is think it, Bradley Cooper's mice, nose from Maestro or Barry Keegan's penis. There well, you go. is it is it a prosthetic though? <laughs> the, the look in Rory's eyes when he just we, said Barry Keegan's penis. Do we know that it's a prosthetic? I don't know if we, we, in, unless I, I don't believe are it's we a going to <laughs> make him prove it. Nadine, no. I, I don't you don't need to show me that. That's, yeah, yeah. that's fine. That's anyway, we are contributing to the objectification of Barry Keegan. Um, but just going back to Napoleon, I just wanted to because biggest snub was one of the categories, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. It feels baffling to me. You know, none of us particularly loved Napoleon, but a film of that scale, like a grand epic, like how that doesn't get in the mix. I, t- I don't know, because the thing is, we don't have enough of that kind of film, like, you know, massive historical epics with proper I big think... battles. I, I just find it strange that, yeah, again, something like American fiction would wind up in the race over Napoleon. I as... think it suffered at the hands of the, the scissors to get it to a, a watchable length at the cinema. And mm. I think, I don't even feel like I've watched it yet because I haven't watched the director's cut and having seen Kingdom of Heaven, we know how different. So I don't even feel like I can judge it yet because I don't think like I've seen the real film yet. Regardless, there's still, there's big battles in it. It looks nice. So I don't know, the fact that Ridley Scott could just kind of pull something like that, something like that out of the bag when so many people have been trying to get Napoleon adaptations off the ground for, for years... And Ridley just turns around and just goes, oh, I'll make it. With Joaquin in it. With Joaquin, exactly. Um, Joaquin wasn't nominated, was he? No, he wasn't. So, I don't know. Even though, yeah, I I kind of thought it was a a three-star film, I definitely think it deserved a lot more nods than it got here because it's Napoleon, man. Ridley Scott, man. Well, he's uh, apparently making a Bee Gees movie Oh, yes. So maybe that will be the one that gets him the gold trophy. Maybe. I did actually misread that that headline and I thought it said Ridley Scott to make a B movie and I thought it was going to be a live action remake of the B movie I'd love that and I was quite excited even though I haven't seen that film I just thought that was (laughs) insane B movie is a really good film and then when I saw it was Bee Gees Seinfeld I wasn't as impressed but I did I did say to Paul that I thought you could you might uh, be able to sign up for that Mm. maybe could be an acting uh, Debut for you? Mm-hmm. Not a debut. Oh, sorry. I've had multiple um, acting, <laughs> and, if, and one that is coming out. Would you? Are you going to put me in one of your films? Eh? I need to get some money first. People, I get I'm not that expensive. Email me. I get CVs in the email. Please don't email me your CV. I don't have anything slated, so it's just going to go in my slush pile. 
Don't waste your time. <laughs> Wait for me to put a casting call out and then get in touch. But I need to get I need to raise the money first, folks. Yeah, I think sometimes people think if I just email you, you might just create a film around me just based on my CV and my photo. And I personally don't work like that. No. <laughs> I like to write a script first. Not even for radio then presenters. Get, then get the money together, then get a pro- you know get a producer yeah. on board at some point. Uh, so, yeah, please don't just randomly email me. You can reach out to me on socials and, and I can tell you. Um, I don't have anything slated, <laughs> if you like, uh, but I don't have anything slated right now. And you'll be getting I'm a Bram Picture Show I'm award. Waiting. Well, there we go. Thank you. So that was a very meandering discussion of the award season. But let us know if you agree with us or disagree with us on our choices for the recipients of the Brum Picture Show awards and our predictions for the Oscars. You can email us at pictureshow at brumradio.com. And we're on Letterboxd, I believe. Yes, Brum Picture Show and, and Letterboxd. There we go. And you can catch us on other socials. That's nearly all we've got time for this week. But as always, we just have time for Nadine's roundup of local events. Over to Nadine. Yeah, so on the 24th of February today, Feckenodian, the man who knew too much Woo! at Feckenham Village Hall. Yeah. 28th of February, whatever pays the rent, shows Moon Age Daydream. We showed that in January. Went down very well. That'll be at the Hare and Hound. So do check out their socials if you're interested in getting a ticket. Sturchy Open Cinema will be doing a film quiz. I think they're almost sold out. That'll be at the Brum Brewery on the 29th of Feb. And Bucks of Short Films, you're going to have to make a choice, folks, because they've got Sword and Sorcery on the 29th of Feb at Pan Pan. And we're doing something. We're very excited. Wow, we're all doing something. We've teamed up with our rivals, Sturchly and Mockingbird and whatever pays the rent. What? Yes, it's a... Community Cinema Loving. We're showing Your Fat Friend on the 2nd of March at the Mockingbird Cinema. So, yeah, come and watch that and there'll be a recorded Q&A. It's a fantastic documentary. It's very moving. People, you know, were sold out in Nottingham. We want to we wanna get it sold out here as well. So we, we, we're teaming up and, and we want to get this out there. So 2nd of March, Your Fat Friend at the Mockingbird Cinema. And on the 3rd of March... The Old Oak will be playing at Moorpool Hall and that is a Circle Cinema screening. So yes, lots of things to be watching coming up. Very exciting indeed. Thank you for listening, everybody. As always, do be sure to tune in next time where I believe we'll be talking about Martin Scorsese to tie in with our screening of After Hours. And oh yes. yes, so you can get a ticket to that as well. Mm-hmm. 22nd of... March. March, exactly. And also, as he is the most nominated director in Oscars yeah. history, right? That yeah, is, most yeah. nominated. That's our reward. That's our award we're giving him. We're showing After Hours, a mm-hmm. film he made many years ago exactly. that didn't win an award. Um, but do check out at Screen B14 if you want a ticket. That's right. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from me, Paul. It's goodbye from me, Nadine. And goodbye from me, Rory. It's goodbye from Mark Ruffin. Let's go by from Mark Ruffin. You have been listening to The Brum Picture Show, a Screen B14 production for Brum Radio. 
Tune in next time for more film fun, and don't forget to email us at pictureshow at brumradio.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Um, and then Michael Ken Terrier. <laughs> Should he just stop Spaniel Day? Spaniel Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Ken Terrier is a type of dog. Yeah. Michael Caine. Sounds oh, a bit I like Ken. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you there have to go. explain it, yeah. it didn't right. work, did it? Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.